Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and super fans discuss the heck out of the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. This week we are discussing the heck out of Truth Doesn't Make a Noise, the second episode of season two, which was written by Mark B. Perry, directed by Billy Dixon, and originally aired on September 28th, 2004. So this episode, just as a disclaimer, <laughs> we recorded it a while ago. <laughs> yes, it's it's been a while, and go go ahead, Caitlin, tell us what we what we talked about uh, toward the end. <laughs> so it was before Drama Queens, which is the One Tree Hill podcast with Sophia Bush, Hillary Burton, and Bethany Joy Lenz. Before that was even announced. So we were, were wondering where this podcast is because they originally announced that something was in the works back in like the summer, summer 2020. July, yeah, yeah. July 2020, yeah. Like literally like a year ago, like at this point, actually, from this episode being released. Yeah. So it, it had been a while with no news. But at this point, Drama Queens has been announced and multiple episodes are out. <laughs> so... <laughs> And Caitlin and I are absolutely fucking loving it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's potential we may share some of our thoughts on our Patreon at some points. Possibly. (laughs) Patreon.com slash alwaysothpod if you haven't uh, signed up to pledge your support yet. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. Now that Lucas is back home in Tree Hill, he reunites with Nathan Skills and the rest of the Rivercourt crew. They are all curious why he decided to return, and Lucas explains that it was the right thing to do. Lucas decides to throw a party for Nathan and Haley to celebrate their marriage and invites Peyton and Brooke to help him plan it. As the three of them plan the party, it becomes increasingly awkward because Peyton and Brooke don't know what was written in Lucas's letter. After some time, they admit to Lucas that they never read it. Haley and Nathan's party is full of music, dancing, fake IDs, and spitting the body, but not everyone has a good time. Deb reluctantly comes to the party where she meets Haley's parents and criticizes them for the decision to allow the kids to get married. Haley's parents also reveal that they bought an RV and are leaving Tree Hill. Haley is upset to hear this news, but she feels safe that she's now married to Nathan. Brooke thinks the real reason Nathan and Haley got married is because Haley's pregnant. She spreads that rumor around town until Haley finally corrects her and says that love is the reason they got married. In other news, Brooke wants to help Peyton get over Jake, so she adds Peyton to LustFactor.com. In order to create an appealing profile, Brooke sneakily snaps provocative photos of Peyton. <sighs> that was a really hard sentence to read, Caitlin. <laughs> but in the end, Peyton decides to delete her profile. While Dan is still in the hospital, he exhibits signs of the Phoenix effect. His demeanor is much more relaxed and calmer than usual. Dan also has several visitors. Nathan comes to tell Dan about his marriage. Keith offers to run the dealership until Dan can return to work. And Lucas makes a surprise appearance. Updating my Lust Factor profile, I'm Caitlin Illinich. And check it out at 9.6 on LustFactor.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez. <laughs> so I guess we both had the same idea as far as this is concerned. <laughs> I like the theme. <laughs> yeah. Th- this website is it's problematic if they allow uh, nudes of minors on here, but um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that later. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. So this episode is named after the song Truth Doesn't Make a Noise by the White Stripes. What were and your what thoughts? What did you think? Oh, oh okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll both. Pressure's on, Jeremy. We'll, we'll both talk about it at the same exact time. No. <laughs> um, so I don't normally do this when we do our uh, song analysis, but. Uh, for this one, I decided to actually like look at like the song analysis on Genius.com, and I will read it directly from the description. So this is about Jack and Meg. Jack and Meg were the duo from the White Stripes. And um, according to this uh, description, Jack's describing a love-hate relationship he has with the woman referenced in this song, likely Meg. He's constantly triggered and reminded of her fragility and helplessness whenever she interacts with him or others, and he gets frustrated. 
simultaneously feel a disdain and rage toward her for being so helpless, as well as feel that he must be her protector. And I felt like this, uh, you know, just reading that description alone, I felt like applied to the episode because it's basically about like how you feel love for others, even like when they frustrate you. And I'm thinking particularly about uh, Haley with Brooke, because as we know, Brooke was telling the whole town, essentially, they're like, oh, Haley's preggers. And then Haley just had to like, you know, had to come to Brooke and be like, hey, I'm not actually pregnant. And, you know, Haley was, she was frustrated, but again, she still loved her friends. Then there was the whole situation with Haley and Deb, even though I wouldn't necessarily say that Haley loved Deb necessarily, but um, there's definitely like a little a level of respect there. And then the situation with her parents, her parents are leaving. And then there's Deb with pretty much everyone. She's frustrated about the marriage between Nathan and Haley. She loves Nathan, but at the same time, she's like really frustrated about the whole situation. So that's how I thought the song applied. What, what were your thoughts though? Those are some interesting connections because I didn't read the little analysis that was on the site. So my initial thoughts were that the song could basically, I feel like it's about Deb's treatment of Haley and almost Nathan is like defending her in a way and defending the marriage in itself. That was my initial reaction because the very first line there, my baby's got a heart of stone. Can't you people just leave her alone? She never did nothing to hurt you. And there's this this whole tension in the entire episode with Haley and, and Deb. Mm-hmm, for sure. And like you said, there was a level of respect there for Deb. And there's, there still is. But now, and I feel like Deb liked Haley a lot too. Like it went both ways. And now like that relationship has totally changed and I feel like Deb kind of sees Haley as like this in a way like this evil person who took her son away and they're ruining their lives could be a bit of a stretch but that was my initial thought when I first read the lyrics I'm like this just feels like it's showing that tension in this episode yeah so you think it's like it applies for like Deb and Haley like yeah okay I can see that, for sure. But I I can see what you're saying as well about, like, the different kind of love relationships, whether that's friendship, all all different kinds of relationships it could apply to as well. I didn't initially think of Brooke and Haley, but that was interesting because they had a good conversation. Yeah, it just felt like there was, like, a sort of, like, there was, like, a little bit of tension in this episode, but it never, like, overshadowed the absolute love that everybody felt for each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can even say the whole thing about, like, uh, with uh, Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke as well. Because, you know, they they obviously have a, both uh, Brooke and Peyton definitely have a respect for Lucas. But at the same time, there's, like, a little bit of frustration there. And we'll get into that a little bit. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. However, though, like, we were talking a little bit on mic about, or we were talking a little bit off mic about the title. And what were your thoughts on that? Because I don't get it. I'm having a hard time... <laughs> understanding why they chose this title and this is kind of goes it's a larger conversation like for all of the episodes like do they choose the title specifically for the title itself or are they looking at the song are they looking at both or does it change depending on the episode and I feel like this title doesn't make a lot of sense but in verse two It says, and all she does is stare at you. Her stare is louder than your voice because truth doesn't make a noise. No, truth doesn't make a noise. And it keeps repeating that. And I almost think about like, in a way, maybe that means like actions speak louder than words in this case and like reveal reveal some kind of truth more than words can. But once again, I don't know if that's a bit of a stretch, but that's really the only thing that I can personally decipher from it. I don't really know how it connects to this episode at all. Like, I have no understanding why they chose it. <laughs> yeah. Like, looking at the title on its own, I'm like, yep. okay, what, what, does that, what does that mean? Because, I mean, as an outsider, like, we're really dissected, like, the song lyrics and whatnot. But, you know, if somebody wants just to watch the episode, like, okay, yeah, truth doesn't make a noise. Okay. Like, what is what does it mean? You know? I'm not sure. <laughs> it just means the truth doesn't make a noise. Like, what truth are they referring to? Like, whose truth? Which character or characters? Does it have to do with Dan? Does it have to do with... I feel like Dan's storyline's the big one, and also the Haley and Nathan getting married. Like, those are the two biggest things going on right now. Does it refer to them in some way? It's Who knows? I mean, I will say one truth, 
that doesn't make a noise in this episode is how Brooke has posted child pornography of Peyton because the entire situation is played for laughs. So that truth did not make a noise. Wasn't that a good transition? That was a good (laughs) transition, wasn't it? (laughs) Oh my gosh, you and your transitions? I can't. (laughs) I really can't. All right, are we going there then? Are we talking about that? (laughs) Yes, yes we are. So the whole thing with lustfactor.com, I understand that it's supposed to be comical, but... Yeah, it it is a bit problematic because especially when she's taking a picture or Brooke's taking a picture of Peyton in the shower. Like, yes. okay, that is crossing a line. Like, it's fine if she's trying to take candid photos where she's fully clothed. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, nice. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> also problematic, though, because it's like you're taking photos of people without their consent. But yeah, but the fact like just yeah. going into the shower and then like Peyton, I mean, Peyton seems a little bit uncomfortable in that scene, but... At the same time, it, she doesn't seem to really be bothered. Like, there's no conversation. Like, hey, Brooke, like, can you not, like, post photos of me in the nude? That's a clear violation right there. Like, what? It's, yeah, it's really, like, cringeworthy. <laughs> and she creates, and the fact that she just starts the profile for someone else. Like, just yeah. <laughs> starting the profile in itself. Don't even think about the pictures yet. But, like, that's, yeah, that's wrong. What music are you listening to? Keen? Mighty Mouse. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. And did you look at her profile at the end of the episode? Like it's it listed like her dislikes. One of her dislikes is uh, guys named Lucas. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! I didn't pick up on that. No, <laughs> it was so funny. I'm like a little on the nose. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And she Lucas really didn't see that. Does she really dislike Lucas that much? Like, yeah, it seems a like they're extreme. obviously friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brooke obviously typed that in. <laughs> yeah. But still, God, I wonder what her. I wonder what Peyton's final rating was. I mean, she attracted a nine point six. I mean, so the uh, I don't know the the site got her good stuff. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> That guy was such a douche, though. I'm up to a 9.6. Like, okay, good for you. (laughs) It's so funny, because this was, like, the era when online dating would start to become, like, more popular. Like, it was not even popular, but it was, like, just starting out, I feel like. That's a good point. Yeah. There's something about it that, like... (laughs) I don't know. It kind of dates the show a little bit, even though I understand online dating is totally a thing now. But it just, yeah. the way the storyline's done, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, how everybody's like a complete creep and whatnot. Yep. Do you remember like back then, like the whole narrative about like, you know, talking to people online was like, don't talk to anybody because they will come and murder you. Do you remember like it was like literally like a big thing? And now it's like, <laughs> nowadays it's like, oh, hey, I'm talking to you online. Like, oh, hey, here's my address. Like, why don't you come and pick me up? <laughs> uh-huh. Take me yes. to the store. Know exactly where I'm at. <laughs> times have really changed they really have that's a good point (laughs) oh my god so in the last episode we talked about the letter and what what was potentially written in lucas's letter Mm -hmm. and now i'm like questioning after this episode i'm kind of questioning was it really what we thought it was in the letter (laughs) because lucas said like something's embarrassing did you catch that? He did. Yeah, he did. And, and now I'm like, I'm trying to. First off, I'm trying to remember what I said. What did I say last episode? <laughs> hmm. I thought he said it was just like an apology for everything. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I think remember we, saying something similar I think, to that. Yeah, we both agreed basically on that. But now, what what could be embarrassing? Honestly, I think it's just because you know he's a man, and a man showing his feelings is bad because toxic masculinity oh my god you're right i wasn't even thinking of that i was thinking like he honestly shared something that was embarrassing but no just sharing his feelings were embarrassing the error back then especially i feel like it was like a little bit more frowned upon for men to share their feelings like if they're like a little bit loving or tender that's true but look at lucas's character he's not like i feel like he openly shares his feelings He's not, like, your stereotype. That's, that's true. He? He's kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to describe him, but he does kind of have a softness about him. 
And is that the wrong word to use? I don't know. Like, he, he's kind of... I don't see him as a guy who, like, tries to hide his feelings. You know what? Yeah. But it could... Yeah, I take back what I said. But I but, think you... Hmm. I still think you have a point, though. Because he, he yeah. could have been embarrassed by it, but I just wouldn't think he would be. But maybe... He also could be... Go ahead. Maybe in the larger... Like, in the larger society... Maybe that's... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he just said something outright stupid and said, like, hey, I had fun with both of you. There wasn't anybody I preferred over the other. Like, what if it was, like, something, like, really out of touch like that? Yeah, maybe he just, like, went all out and he was, like, saying the things he loved about each of them. Maybe that that could be a little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In which case, that would... Yeah, that would have been funny. You know what? I could kind of see him doing that. <laughs> Actually. Just saying, like, hey, just so you know, I had fun with both of you. Both of you were great. It's like, don't tell us this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh. And it was probably something, like, uh, you know, similar to how, like, Brooke and Peyton were like, oh, like, you know, who cares that we burn the ladder? Like, we're never going to see him again. Maybe Lucas also felt the same way. He's like, you know what? Let me just put all my feelings out there because I'm never going to see them again. You know? Yeah. So maybe he just didn't feel shame about saying something stupid like that. Like, I loved both of you in different ways. <laughs> True, because he, yeah, they really didn't think they were going to see each other, at least for not a, like a long time. He was obviously going to come back to Tree Hill at some point. His mom was there. Right, True. But it would have been pretty easy to avoid him, I imagine. <laughs> and just quick side note, it's hilarious how he reunites with everyone and it's like he's been gone forever. <laughs> not even a day like not even a day (laughs) he got a new haircut though he's a new person remember he pulled a felicity Mm -hmm. i love the haircut (laughs) i do too it's far from a felicity it really is (laughs) oh chad oh chad is right so you don't think it was about a threesome with hot fudge (laughs) i don't think so (laughs) i think it would be a little out of character that was so funny, though, how, like, <laughs> how they tried to avoid having the conversation uh-huh. and, like, Peyton's at the fake cough. That was making me laugh so hard. Like, <coughs> she's like, I should get something to drink. And Brooke's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to go and help you. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. And they, they just oh. finally had to admit it. Exactly. It's like, we didn't read it. We burned it. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I think it was probably for the best in the end for sure yeah hopefully the three of them are gonna be okay yeah it's looking like i mean things are looking good for sure i wonder what's gonna happen i wonder yeah who knows well i mean i don't know i've never never seen this show like i don't know this is I'm pumped to find out what happens. Oh, my God. Wow, you've never um, seen this show, Jeremy? Never, never. <laughs> Despite what I say in the spoiler segment, like, that's all just guesses, you know? Like, I don't know how accurate they are. Anywho. <laughs> well, that was shocking. And you know what else was shocking? <laughs> yes, what else was shocking? <laughs> Dan and his phoenix effect, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, which is a real thing. I Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I wonder if this is a thin one tree all made up. No, it's a it's a thing. When you just become like after a stressful situation, you essentially become like a much nicer person. He's just <laughs> for lack of a better word. Weirdly calm. Mm-hmm. Like he's okay with the whole situation about Deb and Keith sleeping together. He's like, Deb, I gave you enough reasons to stray. Like Alright. And he wants to sign the divorce papers. And he even apologizes to Nathan about the playoffs. Yep. Which, that's a quick turnaround uh from... (laughs) And when Keith volunteered to temporarily take over the dealership, Dan was okay with that. Mm Mm-hmm. And he also had a very nuanced reaction to Nathan and Haley's marriage. He didn't have, like, the reaction, like, I support you, son. Like, that's great. Congratulations. It was literally just like, all right, so I guess that's it for basketball. Uh, You know, soon you have to live with your mistakes, which I feel like that's something Dan would say, like, regularly, but he just said it in a more, like, calm fashion. 
I know. I didn't understand. Like, he wasn't supporting the marriage, but it was just a much calmer reaction than you would ever expect. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Zeb was the one who freaks out. Like, he was... I feel like Dan was rightfully a little bit upset, a little bit taken aback. He even says, like, are you trying to give me another heart attack, son? Like, <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? But he doesn't even yell that. He just says it. Yeah. It's very interesting, this uh, turn that Dan is having. I wonder how long this will last. Yeah, I know. It's it's interesting. I've, I wish we knew. Um, but... <laughs> uh, let's uh let's move on to the next uh, conversation topic um <laughs> oh gosh want to go to a <laughs> want to go to a wedding reception slash party slash whatever the, the fuck this this party is supposed to be i don't i don't know <laughs> it looks like a fun party to me for real with uh playing the spin the body instead of spin the bottle mm-hmm I- I've always wanted to know this. this. Is Spin the Bottle actually played at real parties? I've never seen it, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, I always see it on TV shows and movies, but, like, do people really play this in real life? Like, have you ever been to a party where it was played? I don't know. No. Neither have I. There's always, like, a joke. Like, you know, whenever, like, whenever there's a party and, like, say, oh, what should we do? Like, oh, we should play Spin the Bottle. Like, oh, that's so funny. But nobody has ever actually, like, got out a bottle and said, like, let's play. Nope. It's such a TV movie thing. Listeners, like, I want to know, have you ever actually played Spin the Bottle? You don't have to give us details. Just say, like, yes or no. And I just want to know, is it a real thing? Because I feel like it's just something that's talked about in movies and TV. I know. Is there a bottle emoji? <laughs> I can send them. <laughs> there probably is. Let's, wait, let... Secret code. Yeah, wait, I'm going to type it. Let me say, is it a bottle? <laughs> There's got to be. Some kind of bottle. Maybe a baby bottle. Oh, it's a champagne bottle. Oh, there is a baby bottle, too. So if you wanted to, yeah, send us either one of them. We'll know what it means. <laughs> Just send it to us as confirmation, and we'll be like, okay, cool, good for you. <laughs> and definitely tell us if you played Spin the Body as well. I'd be really interested in that, because cool. See, that's a new version. Very, uh, very modern. <laughs> and they're making, they're making fake IDs with Polaroids, <laughs> which is kind of clever. Yeah. I mean, at the end, it wasn't like a real idea. I, like, I feel like it was just like a cute way to yeah. be like, hey, look at us. We're giving, and they were giving money to Nathan and Haley, which is that cute thing. Like, I, I enjoyed that, actually. Yeah, that was cute because it's not supposed yeah. to be real or anything. It was just supposed to be, yeah, fun photo opt, basically. Also, in this, uh, on these fake IDs, did you look at the birthday? Like, th- the birthday is after almost 30. Why are all of them going to be almost 30? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, make them 21 at the very least, because I was, like, doing the math. I'm like, they don't have to be almost 30. <laughs> even the cast members themselves weren't even that old. No. The younger cast members, I should say. They were in all their early 20s during the time of this film, and I just, I thought that was interesting. I guess they just chose a random date. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Everyone's and they the probably same just age. Didn't people. Nobody will notice this. <laughs> The keen-eyed podcasters will. <laughs> so there's a lot of good, juicy things that happen at this engagement party or whatever, wedding party, reception, whatever you want to Party! Call. We'll just call it a party. Yeah, it's just a party. <laughs> so we have, well, Deb reluctantly comes to the party. I'm surprised she even showed up, based on her reaction when Haley invited her. Yeah. It was the right thing to do, but at the same time, it wasn't the right thing to do, because <laughs> yeah, based on her reaction on everything, yeah, she probably should have stayed home. <laughs> Not the time, Deb, you know? She was so uncomfortable the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then she basically yells at Haley's parents. Yeah. Which was terrible. <laughs> and then Haley actually tells her to leave if she's uh-huh. not going to support. So throughout the whole episode, the tension was building. Like, through the whole party. Because you, when Deb was at the party and Haley and Nathan, like, arrived, I remember she was looking, you know, from a distance, looking at them hugging Haley's parents. And it was just such a contrast to her reaction. You could tell she just could not understand why Haley's parents were supporting this and were actually happy about this. 
it was something. And then Haley just uh, calls out Deb. She said, it's one thing for you to raise your voice at me, but don't come in here and dump on my parents. We made our decision. We got married and we're happy. And if you're not here to celebrate with us, then you should just go home because I don't want you here. Like, damn. I know. And that's her Nathan on. <laughs> what? And that's her Nathan on. Oh. <laughs> Which I, I thought that was like a little cute moment. It was just like a nice, like a little subtle thing. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> then Haley's like seven, seven minutes in the elevator, and then Nathan's like, "How about right here?" And it was just like, "Aw." <laughs> yeah, they're cute. Um, Nearly forever. I was gonna say something, Jeremy. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, what I was gonna say. So Deb, and it's funny that Deb. Like, I get why Deb's upset. I do get that, but also yeah. on one hand. Like, Nathan is emancipated, and Haley, yeah, but- Haley's not the one. She's not emancipated, and her parents approved it, but Deb's the one who's upset. Mm-hmm. Once again, I understand why she's upset. I would be upset, too, but at the same time, like, your son is technically, like, on his own. Right. Deb could just be in denial, honestly. She doesn't want to accept that her child is, like, a quote-unquote legal adult now at this moment. Yeah, um, I think she is in denial. I think Dan, I mean, at least pre-heart attack, they were they were both in denial that this was happening. Like, they wanted their son back, and they, you know, they didn't support the emancipation, but it is what it is. It, ha- right, it happened. Right. I, I don't know. It's, things are really complicated. And it, I already said this. I want to say it again. There is such a contrast between their reactions. And it makes it, like, in a way, just so unrealistic. Because, like, Deb and Dan are so upset about it, which that would be the expected reaction. And Haley's parents are, like, elated. And now they're they're telling Haley that they're leaving. They got an RV and they're right. out of here. <laughs> so, wow. Like, that is also a whole other thing. It's like their daughter's married, but she's young. She's 17. <laughs> like, and now you're going to leave town? Yeah, it's like, they have a lot of faith in Haley, obviously, but I'm also kind of like, I gotta question their parents in a little bit, because of like, don't you think your child should have resources to turn to in case, like, this doesn't work out, you know? It seems really irresponsible to me. Definitely. So, Haley comes home, and she's crying about how, how Deb was treating her. And then she's cuddled with Mr. Waffles on her bed. And then they tell her, they said, hey, if you come home crying every time, you might as well move back in before we give your stuff to charity. Which I felt like that was like a good way to say, hey, you're the one who wanted to get married. This is the stuff you're going to have to deal with. So take it or leave it. It's something you have to accept, which I thought that was a really good thing that they said. It kind of puts things into perspective, like the choices that Haley's made. Like, she has to live with those choices now. Yeah, and I feel like that was, like, a great perspective to have for for them to give Haley, I should say. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a mix. I'm like, okay, they're, at least they're saying that. But, like, come on. It's complicated. Uh, it's just really complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, they have a lot of faith in her daughter, it seems like. And you know what? Like, I feel like that's that's great. But, like, if this marriage doesn't go well... What is she going? Who is she going to have? Yeah. <laughs> I that's like absurd to me. And they have mm-hmm. all these kids, and it's funny because like it's never really clear how old all these kids are. <laughs> no one's in the house. Like Haley's old. Haley was the, that young. Like she was that far apart from her siblings, where everyone is uh, out of se- the house. Her siblings, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of weird. I think plot holes with that whole family, but who knows? She am. Haley's siblings. I wonder if we'll ever get to meet some of them. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, that's a good point. So also at the party, we have an interesting conversation with Keith and Karen, where basically Keith says that Dan deserves better, which is kind of wild to me. (laughs) What were your thoughts about that? It it was just like the typical drama thing where it's like, I am going to say something really cryptic. And you know what? This person's not going to question that whatsoever. Uh (laughs) Because Karen has a moment like, what? And then she never addresses it until she just never addresses it. I know. And then we soon after that, we see Keith, you know, go to Dan. I think the, the scene. So he leaves the party and then he goes to see Dan. 
No, I think he goes to see Dan and then goes to the party. Oh, I can't remember the time. Yeah, he does, because that's what he's, you know, he goes to visit Dan. Dan says, like, hey, why don't you take over the dealership? And then that's when Keith's like, okay. And then he heads to the party, tells Karen about it. So, yeah, it happens. Okay, okay. I'm getting my timeline a little mixed up. But, um... Yeah. We always do with One Tree Hill. It's okay. I mean, the timeline's already weird to begin with. <laughs> Half the time. <laughs> so. But, like, yeah, does Dan really deserve better? Like, I get that Keith slept with his wife, but they were getting divorced, and, like, does that really make up for... Does it erase the yeah, fact erase that the Dan's fact a toxic shithead? <laughs> how Dan has treated Keith, you know, and took over his his garage... And, like, did all these terrible things. So, I don't know. I feel like that's a big leap. Suddenly, the Dan For deserves sure. better. Like, he deserves an apo- a sincere apology about sleeping with Deb. Yeah, I think Dan deserves that. I, I think he does from both of them. But, For um, sure. I don't know if he necessarily deserves better. But, yeah. props to Keith for, you know, being the better, the bigger person here. And, you know, helping him out at the dealership. I gotta say that, like, I really hate this whole message of, like, toxic positivity, where it's like, like, why does Keith have to be the bigger person? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he keeps saying, like, I don't really want to visit Dan, and then they said, like, he's still your brother. And I'm like, that needs, that needs to stop being said. Like, I feel like, you know, the world has come a long way for saying stuff like that. People always say things like, oh, he's still your brother, he's still your, he's still your father, et cetera, et cetera. But like, if a person's toxic, you have a right to just say, like, you know what? Like, no, I don't want you in my life. And Keith had a right to do that. I love that. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, because everybody kept Whitey specifically kept saying that. And also, Lucas, when they were deciding whether to come home, Lucas was like, you know, he's your brother and that's what matters most, basically. Right, exactly. It's a weird thing to navigate. And I get it, like, it's, you know, uh, Keith and Dan's relationship is complicated, to say the least. But Keith should want to visit Dan because he wants to visit Dan, not because, like, oh, he's your brother. You should, like, no. You visit him because he's somebody that you care about. And if that's if, if that's g- genuinely his feelings, then by all means, please do it. I completely endorse that. But don't visit him because he's your brother. I'm interested to explore that as we move deeper into the series. Mm-hmm. That's a really valid point. Damn. I feel like there's so many spoilers I'm on the tip of my tongue saying throughout yeah, this Yeah, we can't go any further than that. <laughs> we really can't. <laughs> there was a moment earlier when I was like, I can't talk about this yet, and then I had to stop myself. <laughs> I won't say which moment that was, but yeah, it's it's really something. We're getting into the good stuff. Hell Yeah. <laughs> But uh, shall we uh, dive into this uh, coda? Sure. Everybody's Changing by Keen? Yeah, let's go. Cool beans. So, yeah, I'll start off. Cool beans. So we see Deb looking at Nathan's childhood photo. We also see Brooke looking at photos on her mirror while contemplating. We don't know what exactly. Peyton looks at her less factor score. (laughs) We already said this, but... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Her profile says she dislikes boys named Lucas. <laughs> I forgot that I jotted that down down here. <laughs> and yeah, she decides to delete her profile in the end. Karen's looking through her course booklet. We didn't really touch on that topic, but she was pondering. Um, I don't. I don't think we touched on that, right? She was- no, we did not actually. Yeah. So throughout the episode, she's pondering on whether or not to go to college and take some courses and she decides not to because lucas is back but eventually she decides you know what like my time is now and i'm like you know what you go karen and lucas was encouraging her to still do it yeah exactly beautiful and then we have keith entering dan's office because he's now gonna take over the dealership and then dramatically at the end lucas comes to the hospital to see dan dun 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 (laughs) Yeah, we didn't really touch on that either, like, the internal battle that Lucas was having about, like, going to visit Dan. It was, it was really something, because Dan tells Nathan, like, hey, I want to see Lucas, and then when Nathan comes to Lucas, Lucas is like, ooh, like, what do I do with this information, (laughs) you know? And because, remember, their last encounter was the playoff game, and Dan was acting like a lunatic, basically. (laughs) So I feel like, yeah, they didn't leave off at a good place. But at the same time, like, Lucas was encouraging Keith to go back because Dan's his brother. Well, 
Dan's also you, technically your father, Lucas. Like, why? He was more, like, passionate about... He was a daddy. He was not a father. <laughs> That's what I would say. Oh, well, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He was the he biological was father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely delving into, like, a whole blood is thicker than water thing mm-hmm. which that's a whole message that i'm not a fan of personally whatever lucas ends up seeing him and who knows what will happen from this stay tuned till episode three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh wow it's a fun episode it is it really was yeah <laughs> i like the party i always look forward to yeah. that one in season two nice and lighthearted. Yep. You know, which I feel like there's a lot of that in the early season two. Who knows what'll happen, like, after this. I don't know if it's going to be lighthearted forever, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's Tree Hill. There's lots of drama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we talk about some of our top favorite moments? Yes. I'll share my favorite quote. Cool, beans. All right, so I really liked what Skills said to Luke at the party. I don't know if you <gasps> remember that scene. That's my favorite too, actually. Is it really? <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I feel like Skills had some- I have a shit ton of honorable mentions, though, so we're not going to move on just yet, but go on. <laughs> say the quote. <laughs> sure. And a, a side note, I feel like Skills had some really good scenes with Lucas in this episode. I, I enjoyed them. Oh, yeah. And this one in particular. So Skills says, I remember the person that you used to be. Why not just be him again? Trust me. You're so lucky, dog. You're surrounded by so many people you love. But see, now you got to make yourself one of those people. I thought it was inspiring. And it was really true. Yeah, it really was. Because Skills knew Lucas, you know, before this school year. Like, he's known him a long time. He he knew who Lucas used to be. And he understands that there's been some changes. But he basically believes, you know, just be that person again. Or, Or be these people that you look up to. Yeah, like, Skills became, like, the moral center here, which was really awesome to say, because, like, come on, like, Skills needs some more screen time, for sure. Like, Antoine Tanner, come on. You gotta give him more work. Yeah, I really loved all the scenes. Because he was in a few in this episode, more than usual. And, um, you're right, he was, like, the moral center. Because I feel like he's known Lucas for so long that he knows who he is. And I feel like that kind of puts him in an interesting, you know, position within the show versus like you know lucas and nathan they don't have known each other as long right exactly like nathan only knows the guy that his brother is in this current moment skills not i mean Haley also knows lucas like pre everything um there's history there yeah but the argument could be made though that he was like lucas was starting to distance himself from the river court crew and now it seems like you know what now that i'm back maybe i'll try to like you know not necessarily befriend him again, but, like, sort of, like, bring him into the fold once more. Like, you know, there's yeah. friends that you haven't, like, really interacted with very much, and you're just trying to say, like, hey, you know what? Like, let's let's spend more time together now. Because I missed you, man. And now they're spending time together, and it's great. Yeah, I totally agree. So. Yeah. Okay, we had the same same quote. That was my favorite, but, but I have, like, a lot of, like, funny things to point out. Go for it. Okay, well, I have one funny thing to point out. Um. <laughs> The, the text message exchange that Lucas and Haley were having together. Haley says, P-R-T-Y equals G-R-8 idea. And then Lucas responds, X-L-E-N-T. <laughs> this was the era when people just took out random letters of words. <laughs> <laughs> because it took so long to just type one word in a text message. Oh my God. <laughs> you had to hit the button three times. <laughs> if you wanted a certain letter, you know what I mean? <laughs> Party equals great idea. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that made me laugh. Um, oh, wait, there's another funny moment, too. Uh, when Brooke sees uh, Nathan and Haley walk toward her, she says, Oh, look, it's her very own Britney Spears and whoever she married this week. Kind of like, a, I don't know, kind of like a slut shamey way to point out Britney Spears. That was around the era when she married somebody for 55 hours, and then maybe like a year or so later, she ended up marrying Kevin Federline. So it, it's problematic, but I like that little, like, you know, pop culture 
look back. Yeah, I'm like, do you <laughs> actually support that? I feel like that's really no. dissing Britney. I don't know, but I, I just enjoyed like that, that look at the pop culture from back then. It was like, okay, this is it's cool, I guess. I, I yeah, I agree. I love when there's little pop culture references and it just speaks to a specific era, and you're like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> For sure, oh my god. But then another moment that, like, you know, kind of, like, got me all mooey-eyed is, like, the moment when Haley tells Brooke that she's not pregnant, and then she reveals her birth control patch, which I thought was kind of weird. Like, do people just, like, take that in their pants and show their birth control patches to other people? Like, I don't think so. That also doesn't prove that you're not pregnant, by the way, Haley. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. I feel like um, that's... They just did that because that was the only one that you could actually prove. <laughs> like, no other birth control no. can you actually prove. You know, because that's, like, physically, like, on your... You could show someone. Right, right, for sure. But Brooke, uh, Brooke asks Haley, she's like, so it really is just about love? And then Haley's like, yeah, what other reason would we need? And then Brooke has this moment where she's, like, kind of shocked. She can't even fathom that, the fact, like, wow, two people are getting married because they love each other? And, you know, that's sort of touched on, like, later on in the episode, too. Like, when she's looking at the pictures on her mirror, she's like, you know, the, the way I'm currently viewing the world isn't necessarily the truth. Yeah, you could tell that her idea of love is kind of shifting a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just like that little realization for her. It's like a blink and you'll miss it moment, but I thought it represented something much bigger, you know? And uh, speak- speaking of that moment, though, in the coda, uh, that was my favorite musical moment. It was the coda. Everybody's Changing by Keen. Aw. I like that one, too. <laughs> my top one, though, was Real Love by Toby Lightman. And that plays during the scene that you just mentioned when Haley confronts Brooke. Mm. And says that they got married because of they love each other. Oh, I didn't realize there was a song playing during that. Yeah. So what, I, was it called? what was that song? Real Love by Toby Lightman. Oh, okay. It's catchy. It's really catchy. And it, you know, it's, what do you call it? Um, on the, <laughs> what you always say, on the nose. <laughs> it's just talking about <laughs> love and they're, that's what the conversation's about. Do I always say that on the nose? Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you're making space for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I felt that song was really catchy to me. But I did love the coda as well. For sure. I feel like I'm going to keep liking the codas every episode. And I'm like, ah. Well, see, I switched <laughs> But I got to speak my truth. I liked the coda. I liked the coda. It just wasn't my favorite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, the codas just keep getting better and better though oh on the show. Gosh. And I'm like, I can't Oh wait. my gosh. Later this season. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, Lindsay Wolfenstein, you got us. Thank you. <laughs> love it. Love the music. So what was your rating for the episode? So I gave it four out of five pregnancy rumors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I th- I think it's a, it's a good episode. I love the party. I look forward to seeing that episode in season two. I mean, it, it wasn't a five. It wasn't like the best episode ever, but I, I was entertained the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also give it four out of five temporary tattoos because it was just a fun episode to see all the characters coming together in like a lighthearted way because, you know, season one, there was like a lot of high drama, especially toward the ends. And, you know, it was just nice to see everybody coming together in celebration for once. Yeah, and it, it was just fun. There was some humor to it, but there were some deeper moments, too. Yeah, I feel like this. that's one thing this show is not afraid to do. It's not afraid to show happy moments every now and then. Whereas I feel like some dramas will be like, let's heighten the drama every single week. And, you know, like, that's cool sometimes, but I like to see the characters just chilling. And I feel like you can only do that in a 22-episode season. Oh, for sure. You know, shorter seasons, which is more popular on TV nowadays, it's kind of, it's more difficult to do something like that. It's so interesting how the TV landscape has changed. From the standard 22 episodes to now, like, sometimes you get eight episodes and you have to wait, like, a year. Yeah. <laughs> for streaming, uh-huh. yeah, for sure. I mean, CW, you know, they still do the 22 episode seasons, but I still feel like they, the seasons are sort of split in half. You know, it's still one season, but they're split in half as far as arcs are concerned. So they don't really get the time to, like, really develop a whole arc for the span of 22 episodes. I know. And, and there's, like you said, there's not as much opportunity for just like yeah a fun episode right for sure i love but one tree hill same <laughs> it's good that we decided to do a podcast on it right i know <laughs> there's lots to talk about can't wait 
Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysOTHpod. You can also email us at AlwaysOTHpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. And I'm Caitlin Ellenich, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. So we hear Haley's dad say, uh, no hurry on having any children. And then lo and behold, th- he gets a grandchild a year later. <laughs> but in One Tree Hill time, it's not until season four. <laughs> so, but it's technically, yeah, a year. Is it a little bit more than a year? No. No, it's about a year because if yeah. you think about it, like, this is the middle of junior year right now. And then that was the middle of senior year when she finally does get pregnant. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so technically it's two years later on the show's <laughs> in real life, but yeah, it's a year later. And then, we didn't even talk about this in the regular episode, but Whitey gives them a baby blanket. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they held on to it, though, because obviously they could use it. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. And then we get to see little Jamie Scott... Yeah, I love I love when Jamie comes into the mix in season five. Same, oh, I yeah. love that. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but I feel like, or I don't know if we ever talked about this on the podcast at the very least. We probably talked about it in real life. But I feel like they did a really good job of actually incorporating a kid into the show without making the kid annoying. Yeah, they did. Because I feel like normally uh, children on TV shows are just used as props. Yeah. They're just saying, like, look, they have a child. And, like, you only see the child for, like, you know, a seed here and there. But, like, Jamie's actually part of storylines. I know. And it's usually, like, in shows, like, the storyline is the person getting pregnant, having the baby, and then the baby's just never seen. Like, it was yeah. for that purpose and that purpose only. You know what I mean? But this, yeah, he's, for sure. he's really integrated into the show. And everyone loves Jamie, and, like, he's paired with a bunch of different characters. Like, you see him with Skills, you see him with Brooke, like, it's, and then you see him with Lucas. Like, it's just, it's so cute. It's just adorable. Oh, yes. His relationship with Brooke specifically, like, I just, that makes me so, so happy. Like, Aunt Brooke. Like, it's just, it's so cute. It really is. (laughs) Can't get over it. (laughs) It really is. He was just adorable. And those oh, early seasons, like, he was such an adorable little kid. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, yeah. Did I tell you that there was an Instagram video of uh, the, the, the actor who played Chuck? Michael May, that was his name. The actor who played Chuck, his best friend on the show. They're still friends today, by the way. I know. I think we talked about this off the podcast once. It's so, oh. it's so cute that they're friends. Yeah, like there was a there was a video that uh, that Jackson Brundage posted on his uh, Instagram story of Michael May cutting his hair. I'm like, this is so wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why that made me so happy, but like, good going for them. That's awesome. I love when friendships form on shows. Like, different people have different. You know, there's different dynamics. Yeah, for sure. Like the three leading ladies. Are still close. We're supposed to like, have a podcast that together. Podcast also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping by the time this episode airs, they'll actually have like everything sorted out. But it's I'm so funny. like shocked. Like, we haven't heard anything more about that. But yeah, that's all. Uh, funny behind the scenes tidbit. We actually uh, accelerated our release date for our first episode <laughs> because we were worried about competing with them. I mean, not competing with them necessarily. We just didn't want to like have their viewpoints like intersect with ours necessarily we didn't want to like you know accidentally copy them so we like really pushed things forward and then here we go like we're in season two and we still haven't heard a single episode i know and no other updates about it either we just want it to happen 
Hillary, Bethany, Sophia. Where is it? And there are currently other shows that new, new podcasts are coming out. Like there's one for Gilmore Girls that just started with one of the cast members. And mm-hmm. I'm listening to the OC with Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson. And that's fun. But the, I could go on and on. <laughs> I'm nerding out with my podcasts. <laughs> but yeah. So come on. There's a market for this. Come there on. There really is. That's my point. Come like, come on. <laughs> Please uh no pressure like you know if you're you know hopefully they're feeling the project that they want to bring it forward but come on we, we just want to say it you know but on a different note Haley's parents this is the last time we see the two of them together unfortunately because james james dies off camera and we never see that we're assuming that happened sometime during the time jump between seasons four and five it's never really specified but we do know that he dies off camera it's not mentioned until like season seven yeah and that's just a fact that you have to accept like okay he's he's gone and the reason that's brought up is because lydia comes back into the show and she is dying she's dying in that oh my god that episode wrecks me just wrecks me and Haley's pain and depression that follows it's just like gut-wrenching then seeing, like, her, Quinn, and uh, Taylor in the bed together with her mom. It's just so, so, so good. It really was well done. It really, it was, oh my gosh, and the the photo slideshow they made. Oh, it's so emotional. Don't get me talking right. about it, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to talk about it, like, six years from now, or, like, whatever this. <laughs> oh, gosh. Whenever we get to season seven. <laughs> Oh, the, we'll say the but we're I'm, going. yeah i'm i'm excited but <laughs> are you gonna transition there jeremy <laughs> yeah how am i gonna transition um i'm not gonna talk about like anything sad i am gonna go to a party do you want to come with me we're gonna go to a uh Haley's bachelorette party and nathan's bachelor party do you want to come with me caitlin because we can go <laughs> sure because We'll go there. We'll go there next time in our next episode, which is season two, episode three, Near Wild Heaven. And from our OTH DVD box sets, a bachelor bash after the marriage. Tim orders a keg and a stripper, so Brooke counters with a bachelorette party for Haley. Nathan starts to work for Keith, who's running Dan's business while his brother's on the mend. We'll, we'll be, be seeing, seeing ya. ya.